Well, to say we haven't done this in a while would be quite an understatement, wouldn't it? But, for the first time since the last time, let's talk about NXT UK. What's going on everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pals, Pass Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, and this is your review for NXT UK, whatever the date was last Thursday, because I didn't get a chance to do it until until just now. I can't remember the date, I'm sorry. But, here's the deal. NXT UK just came back. They've been on hiatus since the beginning of COVID. They were uh, not in the same situation as NXT proper, NXT US, whatever you want to call it. They didn't have a full sale to call their own. They were actually touring before all this shit happened, and they've been shut down, as I'm assuming the UK has been shut down. I don't follow my UK politics, but uh, I know what's happening in my own backyard. I know what's happening uh, just to the south of us, so I'm imagining the rest of the world is having just as much fun. They are finally back this week, and I told you guys on the review that I was going to give it a shot. I was going to see what they're what they're doing, what's going on. I haven't reviewed the week-to-week -week NXT UK show in a long time. Now, if you remember, beginning of this year, tail end of last year, Jake DeMarco and myself did do previews for uh, UK TakeOver and for the Worlds Collide stuff because it was all it was all part and parcel with what was going on with regular NXT UK. So I was keeping an eye because I was familiar with a lot of the people and frankly I was being selfish and saying why don't you bring those people over? Why don't you bring a Rhea Ripley over? Why don't you bring a Pete Dunne over? Why don't you bring Grizzled Young Veterans, Imperium, etc. over onto our NXT that doesn't air at like 2 in the afternoon our time. But not to say that there's not a lot of fun to be had watching NXT UK and it was one of those things that kind of fell off because there was a lot of stuff that I was trying to do at the time. I was considering at the time going back and doing Raw and SmackDown reviews, but that wasn't a thing. I was trying to get other things off the ground, pay-per-view uh, previews. I was going to try and do pay-per-view reviews and whatnot. Uh, it was a foregone thought at that point that Kristen and I were going to start a movie series, kind of like uh, kind of like what we're doing with Flix Fix now. NXT UK just fell off the map, and I just sort of kept one eye on it, but I figured with them being shut down for six months and this being sort of like a dry start for them again, I'll give it a shot, and I just didn't know when I was going to get to do it. So, for as long as this lasts, whether it becomes a continuous thing or whether it becomes just uh, something that I do for a couple weeks and you guys don't care and I don't do it anymore... I think the way it's going to work out is this. If I manage to see NXT UK on the Thursday night, I will do my review on the Thursday night. It will go up Friday before SmackDown. If I don't manage to catch it on the Thursday and I have to catch it sometime over the weekend, it will preview on the Monday before Monday Night Raw. I mean, if you're listening to this after the fact, if you're listening to this in a podcast form, you probably really don't care. But this is for, the, for anybody that likes to join me on the preview. Uh, those of you that do join me on the preview, we have a lot of fun in the chat. It's a, it's a small group, I'll be honest. Uh, I do appreciate you guys coming, joining me live, chatting me up in the in the side chat, etc. So I would really love to encourage more people to join us for that, because it is a lot of fun. For those of you that are, uh, you know who you are and you know that I appreciate you. Um, but yeah, it's it'll either go up the Friday before SmackDown or the Monday before before Raw at 7 p.m. if you're in the same time zone as me. If you're not in the same time zone as me, just an hour an hour before, pretty much. Um, so yeah, going into this, I was, 
blank slate. It was kind of like when they started the brand off in the first place. What's it going to look like? What's it going to sound like? Who's going to be there? Who's going to be the commentators? What are the graphics going to look like? What is the music going to look like? It was all, it was all a blank slate. But it started off with this video package, and it was just this sort of montage about being away. It was Triple H and HBK talking about talking about talking to the stars and how how they feel caged and trapped at home and you know they want to get back out there they want to be doing their job they want to be getting that action they want to get not get ring rusty etc then they had a montage of these are getting old and I have to say this within this montage it was a bunch of people recording themselves from home and it's it's their way of, of piping in and having their say, but at the end of the day, it's it's it. They look a lot like fans in the Thunderdome, and it doesn't it doesn't look great. Like have that as a voiceover. Don't show me some guy in his living room that you want me to believe is a killer in two weeks in the ring. And then they go into at the at the tail end of this montage, they pay a lot of tribute to BT Sport because it's apparently uh, where they are now is the BT Sport studio that has become sort of their version of Full Sail. But I, I gotta say, um, with a couple of exceptions, the BT Sport studio that they've set set up for them to wrestle in is nicer than Full Sail. It's it's all got this black and and red and a little bit of gold, but mostly red so much red that it kind of feels like raw a little bit but it's got this black and red sheen to it everything obviously looks new it's a brand new setup etc it looks really good and i gotta say but for the fact that there are no fans in there and they're still sort of doing day one wrestling in front of nobody like nxt was six months ago but for the fact that there's no fans in there and there's no like rabble rousing and no and no sound it's it's really nice looking. It's it's um, I guess it's a step back for them because they were actually touring around to different small venues and whatever. Whereas NXT is pretty much standard to full sale, but that seems to work for them. Uh, their in their intro, their their opening video or whatever is really really electric looking. It's really it's everything's a little bit more crisp, a little more clean, a little bit more jump off the screen than what the intro was when I was watching it on a steady basis way, way back when. Now, I don't know whether that's new as of tonight or whether that changed way before COVID set in, so that might be just new to me, but that's fine. We've got Andy Shepard, who I'm not really too familiar with, and Nigel McGuinness on commentary. It's the Empty Arena. It's the first, like I said, um, repeating myself now, the Empty Arena feel really did feel like the day one of COVID for all the other shows. It was like, it, it was like watching the first NXT show in the Performance Center. It was like going back that following Monday and watching Raw in the Performance Center. It was like empty full sale. It was, you know... Um, they're not where even the rest of the shows are. Now, the rest of the shows have done a bunch of other questionable things. I mean, we filled Daily's Place with extra wrestlers. We filled Full Sail with extra wrestlers. We filled Raw and SmackDown with Skype screens and called it the Thunderdome. Um, but all of them have something. And NXT UK is at that day one where there's nothing. Now, I think there were a couple points where they attempted to pipe in some music. It didn't sound great, so I'm glad it didn't go throughout. Um... But it was a pretty good land. It was a pretty good, um, okay, here's where we are the first couple of minutes into the show. We started off the show with Sid Scala in the ring. Now, I like Sid Scala. Uh, I like him being the sort of the second in command to Johnny Saint. Obviously, I don't know enough about Johnny Saint. I'm not up on my Brit Rest history. But Johnny Saint, 
with with all due respect, and it's I would say it across the board for a lot of wrestlers and ex wrestlers and personalities right now. He's he's not a young dude, and we know what COVID does with older people, etc. So, on the on the uh, practical level, Sid Scala being there instead as his as his proxy, so to speak, made sense. But also. I thought he was a dweeb when he first started, when he got the job as the assistant. I thought he was going to be like the dork ass kisser type of But he's just a genuinely, he comes off the screen like a genuinely just positive dude, excited about being there. And when you're, when you're doing something like this, like a day one, like we're com we're all coming out of the mothballs and trying to have a show again, you want to start a show with that. But immediately, he's interrupted by Ilya Dragunov. Now, what I don't know, because I wasn't paying attention before, apparently a Ilya Dragunov is the number one contender to the NXT um, UK Championship. I was about to say the NXT North American Championship, which is the opposite of what we're talking about right now. But apparently right before COVID, he won a battle royal, eliminated 19 other guys, became the number one contender for Walter's Championship. Now, Walter is terrifying, and why you would want to win that, and why you would want to be the number one contender to face Walter is beyond me. But I, I like Ilya Dragunov. I think last week they did a bit of a, hey, we're ramping up to our first show back next week. And they did. I didn't catch all of it, but I did catch an interview with uh, Ilya Dragunov. And it did go way out of character. It did go a lot with a lot of his history and his, his family struggles and all that sort of thing. Uh, so to hear that and get a little bit of a personal touch on him. Plus, I, I love the crazy character. I mean, people are upset right now that somebody like Alexa Bliss is going a bit nuts. People are 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 upset uh, that the Fiend is is so crazy. People are upset. Oh, look at Nikki Cross. They just oh, there's another crazy. Crazy is fun. I love crazy, but he comes out there like possessed crazy, and he's got very similar to Walter. I don't know what the name of the piece is. Don't ask me. But it's a very orchestral, thick. And he's from Russia, so I'm sorry, like Russian-sounding entrance. But he, he's so dramatic as he comes to the ring, and all of his gestures are exaggerated. And he's on the top turnbuckle conducting his entrance music, which is a nice little touch, especially when you know he's got to be out there playing to nobody, which really sucks. But he says, I really don't want to interrupt you. I've been waiting for six months. I've been waiting for a fight. I've been waiting for a battle. I've been waiting for my fight with Walter. It's been six months. I've been caged up, da-da-da. And, uh... He's sort of, he he's walking a line between really, really, really being aggressively in Sid Scala's face and legitimately showing how desperate he is for a fight. And he's interrupted by one of the biggest dickheads in NXT UK, which is Noam Dar. I love Noam Dar. I love how much he doesn't give a single fuck. He basically cuts a prolonged promo from the rampway saying, he says, what you, don't need, what you need isn't a fight, it's anger management. And the two of them brawl for a little bit. Dar bails and Sid Scala... Uh, he does he does a really cool thing right now, and he, he puts in one line that more people in charge in wrestling, more fake authority figures should. And he just said, he says to them, he says, you, you two look like you want to fight, I'm going to let you fight. Let me go backstage and move some things around, you guys will be our main event. Because every show you go into, where the manager has to make the match out of the first opening segment, whatever, you have to think, and I'm not the first person to have said this, obviously, but you have to think... Well, what would your main event have been if those two guys hadn't been scrapping at the beginning of the show? No, he says, he, he presents it like there was a show already made, there was a card already on the cards, so to speak, and he says, no, if I want to put you guys in the main event, I'm going to have to move something around. That is such a simple line that makes all of wrestling make so much more, more sense. And now, you know, that um, Ilya Dragunov, and I 
really hope I'm pronouncing that name correctly because I really do like this guy, is going up against Noam Dar. Now that's cool because Ilya Dragunov has a little bit of visibility because the last two UK takeovers he got a chance to have a really good match with Cesar and a really good match with Finn Balor. Uh, as I say, the last time, I think the last time that uh, I had Jake on here and we were talking about NXT UK at all, we were getting ready to predict that uh, Balor versus Dragunov match and it ended up being, surprise, surprise, really good. Now, you have to have, you have to go a long ways to have a bad match with Finn Balor, that's got to be said, but you have to also hold up your end of the bargain. So you got this guy who's got a little tiny bit of visib visibility, who's been introduced to the crowd a little bit, and then you've got Noam Dar, who has been on literally every brand. He's been on Raw, he's been on SmackDown, he's been on 205 Live, for anybody that watches that. He's been on NXT proper, and he's been on NXT UK. So... He's not a superstar, he's not a rock, he's not a John Cena, but he is a face that people at least know. So anybody tuning into this for the first time say, oh, there's that, there's that guy that managed to have a really good match with Valor a while ago versus, ah, that's Noam Dar, he's a dickhead. I hope this other guy that we've seen once kicks his head off. And that's good. First match. First match going in, and I think all the, all the criticism that Raw, SmackDown, NXT get for not having a tag division is is gonna try to be rectified in NXT UK because they kept on referring to NXT UK's tag team division as the best kept secret in wrestling. Now, best kept secret could literally mean, hey, we've got all these tag teams, but they couldn't wrestle for six months. But also, immediately, the criticism is gonna be, well, it's not as good as AEW, to a brand that's literally been back for a week, which is kind of shit. Now, I will say, I don't know a lot of the tag teams that were mentioned, but I do know Gallus, who are still the current reigning def sort of defending, but not tonight, uh, NXT UK Tag Team Champions, taking on another team that I do remember from when I was watching, which is a, a fun, uh, electric, high-energy tag team of Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan. Now, Amir Jordan is just an amazing cruiserweight, and Kenny Williams is a little bit arrogant, a little bit on the sarcastic side, you guys know I like that, and he gave himself the nickname The Luckian, so kind of reminds me of the character in uh, in Deadpool when they're, when they're recruiting, oh, what's your superpower? I'm lucky. That's not a superpower. Yes, it is. And if you get lucky in a wrestling match, typically means you've won. So in wrestling, lucky can be a superpower. That's, that's my take on that. Gallus are just amazing. Gallus are just... Fuck you, we're gonna smash you, guys. Uh, Joe Coffee, Mark Coffee, and and Wolfgang. Joe Coffee, nowhere to be seen, and was not mentioned once in this match, so I'm kind of curious about that. I had to be reminded that Gallus were the tag champs just because I was a little bit out of the loop. But, anyways, Jordan and Coffee start. There's a side headlock by Coffee. Jordan works in the midsection. There's a backslide attempted by Coffee, a drop kick by Jordan, an axe handle, and a headlock by Williams, a running back kick by Williams, an overhead arm drag by. Wolfgang, arm, break, arm breaker by Williams, axe handle by Jordan, lariat by Wolfgang, back, eh, I cannot read my own writing for shit, back to the headlock once again by Coffee. I love when he goes back to, they, they do a bunch of stuff, they do a bunch of stuff, and they go right back to the headlock, it's like, okay, I can do this, and you can do this, and I can do this, and you can do this, and I can do this, and you can do this, but I'm bigger than you, so I'm just gonna grab you by your fucking head. That's, that's such a simple story to tell, and it's great. Uh, Exploder-style exploder uppercut by Coffee and a neck vice by Wolfgang. But what I will say, what I will say, and it's a little thing, but it's, it's something that I got used to when NXT proper moved to the USA Network. Uh, we all hate commercials. That's fine and wonderful. Uh, 
it does give you a break when you're making notes the the way that I take notes the way look at all that shit the way that I take notes on on matches and whatnot it does give you a break so to watch this yes it was only an hour long but it was a straight hour so had to get used to that again and uh, might be one of the low-key benefits of of, of uh, reviewing NXT in the USA Network era had a whole bunch for those of you following me on Twitter whether it's on Spass Phoenix or Spass Phoenix one uh, I had a huge debate that involved like 10 people about NXT in the in the network era versus NXT on the USA Network era and whether or not it was a move based on this or that or whether they're spiteful or whatever. Had a lot of interesting takes. Got uh, eventually we su we sucked in uh, Michael Hamlet from What Culture, which was kind of cool. Um, but uh, interesting conversation with interesting points all the way around too. So I don't know if anybody that was in that conversation is watching this, but that was a really cool conversation, and I think it managed to span about a day, which got me through my work day, which is also fantastic. Anyways, underhook armbar by Wolfgang, kneel, uh, kneeling on the neck. Not gonna make a joke, I promise. Mudhole stomp by Coffee and a neck vice and into a cravat. Modified step over curb stomp by Coffee, and this was really cool, because you had him, uh, if you can imagine how, how Natalia does that thing where she runs up the other person's back and stomps on their thing. Well, he did that, he didn't do the run-up, he just like stomped them from behind. That was brutal, because a curb stomp, like, uh, like a Seth Rollins-style curb stomp, smacks your face into the ground, obviously, and it's obviously a reference to much more terrible things like you see in American History X, but it, it, it affects your head, it affects your face in, in the movie, it affects your jaw, obviously, because you're biting the curb. The way they do this, though, would I would be more I would be more worried about your spine. And I've always made the reference that NXT UK stuff and the stuff from the British wrestlers and UK wrestlers in general always looks a bit more dirty. This is a prime example of that. Followed up very simply by Wolfgang hovering over this guy with just a nerve hold. And that's that's terrifying when you see somebody the size of Wolfgang that's just gonna hold you by that muscle in your in your neck shoulder area. I don't know why I'm pointing at my neck. You guys all know what a neck and a shoulder are. And for those of you listening in audio, I am sorry. Uh, but it's just, again, it's like the headlock at the beginning of the match. You can do this, and I can do this, and you can do this. I'm just going to grab you by the muscle in your neck. Because I can. That is so cool. Shoulder tackle reverse lariat combination by Gallus. Double monkey flip by Gallus. Now, a double monkey flip by Gallus, on two, by, done by two guys that are that size, on a guy the size of Amir Jordan, it just seems unfair at that point. Inseguri by Jordan as a response. Drop kick by Williams and a head scissor and a corner bulldog. Bulldogs him into the turnbuckle in the corner, which was kind of a neat way to do a neat way to do a bulldog. Springboard drop kick by Williams and a roll-up attempt. A penalty kick and another pin attempt. Right one after the other. Very nice. Backdrop driver by Wolfgang and a bridging suplex by Coffee. A swanton by Jordan. But an Inseguri power slam combination gets the win for Gallus. Now, Jordan and Williams made an excellent showing of themselves in here, as they always do. Uh, I, I sort of feel like, and we, we made reference on regular NXT to Brizango being the Zigglers of that division, um, and then they became tag team champions, so what do we know? Uh, I think they very much were the Zigglers in this match, because they're really, really fun guys to watch. They've got a lot of high energy. People are going to like them whether they win or lose, which means they're going to lose. Um, 
but this was really just an, an opportunity to, sh to show you guys or to show anybody watching and to show potentially new watchers that are watching. These are our tag team champions. This is what they can do. This is a relatively decent tag team that we've put against them just to show you what they can do. And now let's set the stage because out come Andrews and Webster for a stare down. Out come The Hunt. I had totally forgotten about The Hunt. Primate and Wild Boar, who I think are amazing and I want them to be tag team champions for the lulls. Uh, a lot of other teams come out that I'm not familiar with that I'm guessing formed after I stopped watching and on one of the little stadium studio TVs, it wasn't even on the Tron, it was like on a TV to the one side, you just saw the two members of Imperium that are that are still in the US in uh, Marcel Barthel and Fabian Eichner because they don't have any tag team gold anymore, do they? Um, I think it was just meant so that they could be part of the visual, but it was a really lame way. It was like, okay, I couldn't make it to the family photo, so can you Photoshop me in? It was, it was, it was wrestling's version of that. But I mean, these guys versus the hunt would be a smash match. These guys versus Anders and Webster would be very similar to the match we got tonight. These guys versus Imperium would be, we know, we know how technical Imperium is. I'd love to see the more technical side of Gallus. If we get that, it's all good. Somebody named Saxon Huxley rambled a, pay, uh, uh, a promo backstage about how he's been caged up for so long, and, and you know, the, the, the mistake wasn't caging me, the, state, the mistake is that you've now let me out. And then he calls out Walter, because he's apparently having a match with Walter next week. So this is the guy that's going to get squashed to remind us who Walter is. Uh, Andrew, or sorry, Williams and... Jordan got smashed to remind us who Gallus are. This guy, whoever he is, who's really, really trying to channel his inner Luke Harper or, or, or something. I don't know what's going on. I'm not familiar with the guy. Somebody down in the box below that's familiar with Britt Rest can tell me who he is. That's fine. But he's going to be the guy that gets smashed by Walter next week to remind us who Walter is so that he can then go on and have his match whenever he's having his match against Ilya Dragunov, who's probably also going to die. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I like Dragunov, as I mentioned, but he's also going to die. I think the, the first few weeks, and maybe even the first pay-per-view, because I think their first pay-per-view is literally next month. Uh, I think the first few weeks, and possibly the first pay-per-view, is just all going to be reminding everybody where we were, reminding everybody why our champions are our champions, and, and then maybe in the aftermath of that first pay-per-view, then we'll get into some new stories, some new feuds, etc. Speaking of of champions, let's remind you who our NXT UK women's champion is. Our NXT UK women's champion is Kaylee Ray, somebody else who has enjoyed a lot of a lot of rub from the regular NXT because she was brought across to be part of Team Baszler um, for the what's it called? What's it called? NXT Takeover War Games team. Um, that, that was really good. That, the whole impact of that was, hey, you've got both champions on one team, and then the other team kind of fell apart because Dakota Kai's awesome and Tegan got wrecked again, and that was all fine. But on a big, uh, not a big four, but a big four weekend, uh, NXT TakeOver, you know, connected to Survivor Series weekend and all that sort of thing, you've got a champion who's a champion in her own right, 
and not as much as Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley per se, but definitely got to shine on the main, main, main NXT. So again, you've got somebody that people are a little bit familiar with, and in my opinion, somebody that people really should be familiar with in Piper Niven, who is fucking amazing. Now, Kaylee Ray comes out, says, we're finally back, you're finally getting what you really wanted, what you really wanted to see was me in action. So what you're getting is me next week defending my championship against my longtime friend Piper Niven. Talks about their history, talks about how she's going to prove once again that she's better than Piper Niven. And Piper Niven is the greatest thing on the mic ever, because she's just... I mean, part of it's the accent, I'm not going to lie, but it's just she's so cocky as a baby face, and it works. It works in a way that I'm sure a lot of baby faces would love to be able to work, but she just basically says, she comes out and she says, I've never heard you talk so much. I've never heard you talk so much, but why don't you tell them the truth? Why don't you tell them how many times I've beaten you? Why don't you tell them how many times I've beaten you before we got to the big dance? Why don't you tell them how I've beaten you all over the UK? Why don't you tell them how I've beaten you all over the Japan, all over Japan? And why don't you tell them that I've just flat out got your number? Kaylee Ray tries to take a cheap shot at her. She blocks the cheap shot. She doesn't even give her a cheap shot back. She just stares her down. Kaylee Ray leaves. Piper Niven, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this carefully because it's something I've said before. You guys know that I have absolutely no love for somebody like Nia Jax. I think she's going to hurt people. I think I, the fact that I get yelled at for pointing out that she's hurt people in, in the, in the teens and twenties of people now, and, uh, and people just don't want to, don't want to say it because somebody will get offended or whatever and the defense one of the defenses is and i'm not saying this to be offensive but she is somebody of a different body type you want you know people that are bigger people that are heavier people that are not you know the barbie doll you know prototype to feel represented and outside of the conversation of Nia Jax, I'm 100% for that and i'm not pointing out piper niven because she's not a small girl um Jake DeMarco and I had this conversation on a couple of uh, pay-per-views or, or pay-per-view previews a while ago, and I don't think he'd mind me saying that neither he or I are particularly small. Um, so I am not saying this in, in any way to be derogatory towards Piper Niven. Quite the opposite. If you want to make the argument that we need Nia Jax on the main roster because that particular part of the populace, that particular part of the fan base, needs to be needs to be recognized, then what you're doing is saying if you're big will let you in whether you're good or not why don't why they don't throw that type of weight behind no pun intended behind somebody like a piper niven and put her in a really prominent spot put her on a main brand blows my fucking mind because she is awesome in the ring she's awesome on the mic and as far as i know hasn't broken anybody's face oh yes Anyways, that's all I want to say about that. I'm really looking forward to the title match we're getting next week, because that's awesome. Uh, I will say, it doesn't feel the same kind of big as when NXT UK first started, when we first established our champions, when we first established our challengers, and the big feud in NXT UK was Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm. First of all, Tony Storm being the pure Snow White sympathetic babyface was awesome. Rhea Ripley, as awesome as she is now in her current role, and I wouldn't have predicted that, um, because she's such a great heel, she was such a great heel in NXT UK. She was just killing everybody the way she found all the all the smaller girls. I think she 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 did the same thing to Dakota Kai or to Tegan Knox or to somebody of a similar size that that uh, Shayna Baszler did with with the arm stomp breaking the arm, etc. 
And there's a lot of, and much like in NXT proper, there's a lot of smaller women in NXT UK that you can just say, okay, you're you're big, you're you're jacked. We're gonna put somebody tiny in there with you and throw you in there with somebody like Candy Floss or Ila Dawn, and you just get to look like a monster. The way that Rhea Ripley has transferred that monster heel persona into a babyface persona, or like sort of anti-hero persona on NXT, is nothing short of remarkable, honestly. But when she was the heel, Tony Storm was the babyface. That was the that was the prestige women's title of that of that brand, and it was to me more interesting than the men's title half the time. Much like what's happening on on proper NXT now. But I will say, even though it doesn't reach those levels, Kaylee Ray, Piper Niven is something I'll be I'll be scooting up to my TV next Thursday to watch, and you might actually get this review on time. Uh, the pro promo was short and sweet, did what it needed to do. There wasn't a whole lot of physical interaction, which saves all of that enjoyment for the match itself. Did exactly what it needed to do. It was fucking great. You see a video package on Ila Dawn, because after they move from this, they, they make brief mention of the rest of their amazing women's roster, which they do, and then they went into a video package, which I thought was going to be like, here's all the other women we have, but it was specifically on Ila Dawn and Ify Valkyrie. I do not know how to pronounce this chick's name to save my life, because her first name is A-O-I-F-E. I'm just going to call her Valkyrie, because I don't want to constantly have to figure out how to spell that. Anyways, the reason we get a video package on these two is because it's the next match we get as well. There's a collar and elbow tie. Both of these women hit my sweet spot with wrestling. I mean, Ila Dawn, even when I was reviewing this back in the day, I love Ila Dawn. I love her, her aesthetic, her entrance, the vibe she brings in, like the pseudo-vampire-esque vibe that she had. Um, it's really, really cool. It's like what, what I think they were trying to do with a character like a Kevin Thorne, except done properly and done well and done in a way that I don't absolutely laugh at because you look like a reject from Dracula. Um, now, Valkyrie on the other side, it seems to be cut from the same cloth and they literally refer to her as a vampire. They also said that she worked towards her WWE slash NXT debut after seeing Becky Lynch's debut match in NXT because they're both from Ireland, which is fine. What I do like, another little touch, we talked about little touches at the beginning and we'll talk about little touches now. I do like, because it's a UK brand, they, whenever there's a fight graphic or wherever there's the lower third when they come to the ring, they do have a little flag in the corner just to signify where the fighter is from. It doesn't really have to factor into the thing all the time, but it does, it gives it a little bit something extra. It gives it a little bit of extra flavor. Now, over in the States, you're not going to have the the state flags of every wrestler and whatnot. Um, it wouldn't work the same way, but because, because it's over in the UK and because... Um, a lot of the time, I'm sorry, I'm losing my thoughts a little bit, because that just is something that will set it apart, and it's something that they're referencing that will set them apart from the other brands. I do think it's a really cool, nice little shot in the arm. Now, apparently the story is right before we went into COVID, uh, Valkyrie got a upset win over Iladon, and then they went to, to the COVID break, and Iladon is coming back, getting some revenge, etc., etc. And they also mentioned that after the title match next week, this could, you know, as they say with every match that doesn't really have anything else, hey, this could really, you know, boost their standing towards the towards the women's championship. It's almost like they're trying to have a weird ranking system that another company has that doesn't really work or make any sense because people hop the line and 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 we fight with concussions. Moving on, 
Collar double tie up and a side headlock by Valkyrie and grinds her right down to the ground. Side headlock by Dawn proving anything you can do, I can do better. Spinning sidekick by Valkyrie, underhook armbar by Dawn, a springboard crossbody by Valkyrie. Spring, yeah. Springboard crossbody by Valkyrie. I can read my writing, I swear to God, guys, I'm tired. It's fine. Back to the side headlock again by Valkyrie, grinds her right down to the mat once again. Tornado head scissor by Valkyrie and a backdrop by Dawn. Dawn claws at her face and hits her with a surfboard stretch with a post. Body shots by Valkyrie, but Dawn gets her back into the uh, back into the stretch for a second time. Mule kick by Valkyrie, a spin kick and a series of slaps. A rolling neck breaker by Valkyrie and another spin kick. A top rope, what they said was a leg drop, but looked a lot more like a scissor kick to me. Uh, off the top rope by Valkyrie, got her her second win over Ila Dawn. So, like I say, I like Ila Dawn, but apparently they like this... Oifi Valkyrie chick. Oh, I'm gonna butcher that name every time, aren't I? And then we had the explanation for the next tournament that's coming up. I'm I probably sound like shit, guys. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit congested. I'm really trying to to keep it together. For those of you that uh, are watching me on camera right now, watching me constantly touching my face, I'm really sorry. Listen to the podcast, Spaz Phoenix podcast on Spotify, etc. You'll be fine. Um. NXT Heritage Cup is is a thing. Now, I'm going to say something else here, and it sort of ties into regular NXT. I've heard a lot of people complaining, oh, WWE keeps coming up with all these convoluted matches. Convoluted matches are fun. They're doing the Gauntlet Eliminator on, on proper NXT this week, and it's basically a Royal Rumble by pinfall. I've been doing that on video games for years. It's fine. Now, this is something I'm not as familiar with. Apparently, this literally comes from the history of British wrestling, uh, where they fight in rounds, and it made me think of almost like boxing. But basically, it works out like this. There's going to be eight guys in this. We'll talk about the competitors in a second. But you're going to have six rounds. Each round is three minutes long. It's a two out of three falls format, so obviously if you get three, two straight falls in a row, things over, you know, one guy gets one and one guy gets two, it's over, etc. Uh, a fall is only established by pinfall submission or knockout, so I'm guessing there's no DQ. They didn't really specify that. Um, th now it's going to go towards the Heritage, the NXT UK Heritage Cup. Now, they have an actual cup. I'm going to say this, I'm going to do this, it's going to be great. Bear with me for a second, because it is still technically NXT, so I'm technically still going to rip on AEW. AEW did a Women's Tag Team Wrestling Cup, and the winners of that cup, cup, got medals. It doesn't matter, but holy shit, that's lame. Anyways, the NXT UK Heritage Cup is a cup. We saw the cup. It's good. There's a cup for the Heritage Cup. It's great. Now, who's in this? A-Kid, who I have no idea about, so I'm kind of excited about that. Dave Mastiff, which is another wrecking ball. Uh, Noam Dar, we've already talked about, and we're about to talk about in a second. Flash Morgan Webster, who's a lot of fun, who's been mostly in a tag team. So, cool to see him in a singles um, context. Joseph Connors, who I remember from when I was watching it before, uh, just he's a creepy dude, and I think he's the guy that's missing a part of his ear. Alexander Wolf is an interesting one because he went from being in the background of Sanity to sort of being in the background of Imperium. So again, very cool to see what he does on his own in this tournament. Trent Seven, and again, tag team wrestler, cool to see what he's going to do on his own. Ilya Dragunov, who we're about to talk about in a second, who's crazy, and one wild card. Participant. I really don't know. 
I'm pretty sure it's going to be in, used to introduce somebody new. There's a lot of people that are spitting the rumor around that, that Drew McIntyre wants to come back to the UK and do a guest spot and be part of this. But I don't think the travel is going to allow him to do so. I don't think I don't think WWE is going to put their champion on a plane over to the UK when there's every chance that, they could cl that things could close down or go bad or whatever due to COVID and not be able to get him back for, say, a pay-per-view or whatever. Um... I really don't know. The speculation runs wild on who the wild card guy is, and I guess that's kind of the point. But uh, it's an interesting concept. It's a concept I've never seen before. I've never we've we've only we've seen you know two out of three falls matches and whatever, where you know one one gets one, one gets one, and then you go to the final, etc. You've you've had um, different combinations of pin, submission, knockout, etc. Uh, I've never thought of wrestling as a thing in in rounds. The closest thing we have to rounds is the increments of the um, of people entering the Royal Rumble or people entering the Elimination Chamber, etc. Um, I don't know what to say because I've never seen a British rounds match, and uh, and apparently it's a thing in history. Anyways, going on to our main event, which was. I don't know. Uh, on the one hand, I like Noam Dar, I like Ilya Dragunov, but you got one guy who's maybe going into a tournament, and you got one guy that's about to face your champion. So, gee, I wonder who's going to win. Um, I can't read my writing to save my life. I really can't. I don't know what the first line says. Anyways, double leg takedown by Dragunov. It's a mounted punch to start the match. Dar pins him against the ropes to try and get him to, you know, break his initial fury or whatever. Full ring toss across the ring by Dragunov by sort of one, his head and one... I was about to say one head and one arm. He's got two arms. He's only got one head. That doesn't work at all. Dar tries to work the arm. He stomps on the feet. Insane series of strikes by Dragunov. Slingshot, crossbody, double double chop by Dragunov, and a standing senton. Dar eats the apron edge, and then he eats the steps. There's a forearm by Dragunov. Dar kicks Dragunov onto... What the hell does that say? Oh, there we go. That's what I meant by that. Please excuse me while I get retarded trying to read my own writing. Dragunov was about to do something off the top rope, and Dar sort of does this upward sidekick thing into the shins and knees of Dragunov, and that's what takes him off the rope. So not only is he having the fall, but he's also having the strike to the knees, where you really can't defend yourself from that when you're up that high up. Anyways, there's a mud hole stomp, stomping the limbs, bridging Northern Lights suplex by, by Dar, and he works on stomping the leg and the knee and the and the ankle and all the joints. He switches up to the arm. He's stomping on the shoulder. He's stomping on the the uh, the wrist and the elbow and and all the thing. Basically, what uh, what Pete Dunne does with joint manipulation. And I've talked way too much on this channel about Pete Dunne and the joint manipulation thing. But basically, Dar was doing that with stomps. I'm going to stomp your knuckles. I'm going to stomp your wrist. I'm going to stomp your elbow, your shoulder, your knee, your ankle, your hip, etc. Snapmare into the ropes by Dar, and he starts kicking him in the arm. Some more elbows to the face by Dar, running suplex by Dragunov. Sort of, he's suplexing him backwards as he runs forward, and it get, gives it this weird kind of momentum that was really, really cool. Elbows to the face by Dar, running suplex by Dragunov, running, uh, sorry, running knee in the corner by Dragunov, followed by a lariat. Knees by Dar, modified rings of Saturn by Dar, followed by an uppercut when it gets broken. Lariat by Dragunov, a drop kick off the apron by Dar, an armbar by Dar. That rhymes, it's fine. Chops to the back by Dragunov. Gotch suplex pin attempt by Dragunov. Gets broken up by a distraction by Alexander Wolf on the outside, but he still hits the Torpedo Moscow, which is basically a spear if you use your head instead of your shoulder, and Dragunov gets the win. Now, 
I am I am intrigued by an immediate problem between Alexander Wolf and uh, Ilya Dragunov. Now, whether they're going to go and feud or whether they're facing off against each other in the first round of the tournament has yet to be seen. But obviously, because it's a title scenario and we haven't seen the champion yet, the, uh, the Rachmaninoff, I think, is the name of the piece. Again, correct me down in the box below if I'm wrong. Walter walks out to do the stare down from the ramp because I'm the champion and you're the challenger and that's how we walk off the show. And basically... Both characters just say, you know, there's your champion, there's your challenger, and NXT UK is back. The only thing that bothered me about this, the only thing, and I'm probably the only one watching this that would even care about something like this, if you want to have the first arrival of Walter in six months, even though there's no crowd, I, I, I don't care right now, if you want to have the first reveal of Walter, this gigantic, gargantuan monster of a champion that you've got, and his challenger is in the ring, already spent from a match, do the lights drop. Do the blackout, where all you see is his silhouette. I know that might sound cheesy, and it's strictly a visual thing, but the visual things in wrestling tell so much. And I think that's such a minor thing. It didn't affect it. Obviously, champion challengers are staring each other off. They're going to face each other eventually. It wasn't really made clear because he's going to face other random Huxley dude next week. And that guy's going to die. Much like, much like, uh, what's his name? Jake Atlas is going to get slaughtered by, by Tommaso Ciampa this week. It's one of those, he's going to die because Walter's already worried about his next challenger, which is Dragunov. And I don't think we're getting a new champion there. I don't think we're getting new tag team champs anytime soon. I do think there is a very, very good chance that we get a new women's champion to kick off this new relaunch of the brand. Next week, we've got that Huxley dude taking on Walter in what I'm assuming is a non-title match, because if not, that's kind of bullshit. You've got the women's championship match between Kaylee, Ray, and Piper Niven, which I'm really looking forward to and I'm hoping is the main event. And they said next week... We have the Heritage Cup drawing, so I'm assuming the drawing is just who's going to face who in the first round type thing. Now, I don't know whether that means we're going to get the final reveal, like the final wild card person, or whether somebody's just going to, or whether it's going to be Ilya Dragunov, you drew the mystery opponent, and then we're going to go from there. But they've said special guest person overseeing the drawing of the, t of the, of the cup tournament is Pete Dunn. Now that that has me concerned a little bit because I don't know what they're doing with Pete Dunn. Obviously we haven't seen Pete Dunn on regular NXT because he's been stuck in the UK and I heard recently and I saw recently that uh, Pete Dunn has a producing credit on NXT UK which on the one hand is awesome but it makes you think why is somebody moving into a backstage role and why is he having somewhat of a, of a guest spot next week when, if he's in the UK, we'd love to see him wrestle. I don't know if this means Pete Dunne's not wrestling anymore, and if that's the case, that's really shit. Because I like Pete Dunne, and yes, Destiny Wrestling, I'm gonna wear my bias like a badge of honor, check off your Spaz Phoenix bingo. I, I, got, I got to love watching Pete Dunne wrestle in Destiny wrestling guys like John Morrison and Austin Aries and <laughs> James Ellsworth of all people and Marty Skrull and Josh Alexander and absolutely what, what, what did Big E say? Slapping the meat! But um, 
if he's not wrestling anymore for some reason, that's that's really a bummer. I'm, I'm just going to put that one out there. Anyways, so this has been NXT UK. This has been me doing an attempt at reviewing NXT UK again. We'll see how it goes. Um, if the if the interest isn't there, it, I won't do it. Um, the uh, like I said at the beginning, the timing is going to be weird because if I catch it on the night, it'll go out on Friday. If I don't catch it on the night, it'll go out on on Monday or might miss a week here and there. You guys, you guys know how it is. So it's very up in the air right now. But I hope you guys at least come along and check it out. I hope I can encourage a couple people to check it out because I do think it's a brand that even in its heyday didn't get the attention that it deserved. But hey, that's just my opinion. That's just uh, that's just one asshole with a camera's opinion. Uh, but that's about it. I'm rambling now because I'm super fucking tired. I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I'll talk to each and every last one of you later, but for right now, I am tagging out. Bye, guys.